You're listening to episode 100 of Sales is King. And today, a new report from Gartner talks about the lack of customer confidence as the biggest problem for salespeople moving into 2020. This is Sales is King. I'm on my way, I'm making it. Everybody, welcome back to Sales is King. Dan Sixsmith with you. Episode 100. I mean, this is exciting. I can't even remember what the heck we were talking about at the beginning of this show three years ago. <clears throat> but all I know is I'm glad that I started the podcast and I'm so thankful to all the listeners uh, and the support the folks that have reached out, the folks that I've actually uh, called customers coming out of this podcast, my good friend Mike Nicholas for encouraging me to actually start a podcast and really even getting me into the notion of listening to podcasts. So I'm thankful, I'm grateful to all of you for that. I've had a great time with this and I look forward to the second hundred episodes. Uh, We've had some great guests We've kicked around some great ideas. We've lost our shit a little bit. Uh, We've had some fun, and uh, it's been awesome. So for episode 100, we've got a great new report from Gartner, and I love to go around and gather uh, the statistics. You know, the more we read about selling today, the more that things change uh, in the digital world, We cannot um, think of sales as we used to. We have to be able to figure out how to leverage intelligence and data and statistics. You know, um, what buyers are saying, what buyers prefer, right? Because ultimately, that's who is going to give us the money. You know, Grant Cardone says, who's got my money? And it's true. You know, um, These buyers are the ones that are going to hand over the money that's going to go ultimately into your bank account and to you and your family. And the more of these folks that you can convert to deals, the more money you are going to make, the more people you are going to help. So the Gardner study is very interesting, and it talks about um, customer confidence. And it's interesting, you know, when you first read about customer confidence, you, you know, you're saying to yourself, well, maybe uh, the deal is that the customers are not confident in me as the seller. They don't have confidence in me. And that's not the case. Um, what they're saying is, is that they're actually not confident in themselves. And we've talked about this, right? You know, the buyers and their ability to make a decision and what's going into some of these big decisions today. And what's at stake and the element of risk. And we've talked so much about how do we turn around the risk and show the buyer that there's actually more risk in standing still than uh, moving forward. And I want to look for the statistic in this article. 
that to me was very telling. Uh, I'm just trying to get to it. I know it said 89%. Here it is. 89% of customers report encountering high-quality information during the purchase process. That's great. But the problem is, is that they struggle to make sense of all of this high-quality information. And they are significantly more likely to settle for a course of action that is smaller and less disruptive. Ironically, the majority of suppliers and sellers unwittingly exacerbate this very problem by focusing both content on and sales conversations on thought leadership and high levels of expertise, all in an effort to stand out in the customer's eyes. This article by Brent Adamson, who you may know from the Challenger sale, and I recommend that book to you guys if you are, uh, I'm just fixing my mic a little bit here, getting it to a little bit higher and fixing my little studio. Um, Brent Adamson and the Challenger sale is a must read. Um, very interesting. It came out about six or seven years ago. It's all about modern selling. I don't subscribe 100% to it, but it's very interesting. You ought to read it. Um, so Adamson goes on to say, to truly differentiate themselves in this environment, Gardner Research has found that the best suppliers build customer confidence in themselves and their ability to make good decisions. So am I, as a salesperson, building customer confidence in themselves? Not me, per se, but in themselves. So think about the psychology of this. When you approach a sale and a selling conversation, um, are you building confidence? Are you enabling, they call it buyer enablement, are you enabling the prospect to build confidence in themselves and their ability to make good decisions? The article goes on, to that end, leading suppliers equipped sellers to engage customers with a specific kind of information. They call it buyer enablement. While simultaneously helping the customer make sense of all the information they encounter. And they call it sense making. So, very powerful. It's not, this is not uh, totally surprising to me. It may not be surprising to you either. But, you know, we have to think about the psychology that goes into these B2B decisions, right? Um, and what is on the line for someone to spend the company's money, right? Uh, we're a little bit luckier today in a strong economy, but think about this when things get tough, how much tougher it's going to be. You know, we've been very, very, um, you know, uh, fortunate to have a great economy over the last few years. So you have to be thinking to yourself right now, if you have struggled in selling uh, over the last few years, you know, let's let's talk about that, right? Is it the product? Is it the company? Uh, is it you? You know, uh, let me know if you need help. Dan.sixsmith at gmail.com. There's no cost. There's no charge. Let's get on the phone and kick things around. I'm happy to help. Um, if it's something ongoing, we'll, we'll, we'll put something together. But 
Um, I've spoken to dozens of you guys and gals, and it's been it's been great. Um, so how do you build confidence in the customer? In other words, how do you get the customer um, to the point where he or she feels good about themselves in order to make the decision? So there's a lot that goes into this. Um, a lot of it comes back to what we've been talking about. But certainly, <clears throat> you know, your approach now needs to be very much focused on the prospect. And we've talked about this. We know that we go in and we want to do an effective discovery and all of this good stuff, right? But even more so, we have to connect on an emotional and psychological level with the prospect. We really need to put on our therapist cap or our therapist, uh, you know, I don't know, have our therapist clipboard or whatever they use in their meetings. Um and really understand what is at stake for this buyer, personally and for the company. And we've talked about this in, in past episodes. What are they trying to achieve? What are the outcomes that they are trying to achieve? What are the risks they're looking to mitigate? How will your solution potentially help them? What is the personal, um, what are the personal consequences to not solving the problem, right? So that's one angle right out of the gate to think about, right? Um, so we're going to think emotionally. We're going to think psychologically. We're going to understand what the buyer has at stake and his team or her team. Um, what happens if they don't solve this issue? And it's not to try and scare the prospect. It's really to help them. Because we know that they're going to be hesitant. We know that there's a ton of information. So that's point number two, right? We've got this digital economy where people go online and they search and they've got all this information, right? And everyone's saying, oh, we don't need sales anymore. I can go online and just look things up. But no, it's not true because if you hear what Gartner is saying, they're saying, uh, Buyers are overwhelmed. They need salespeople to help them distill this information, to simplify this information. I was just talking with a colleague uh, this week. And, um, you know, the best salespeople are good at simplifying things, right? Because oftentimes there are complicated choices. There are many different things people are juggling. Can you simplify the information? Can you get on a call, simplify what they've been looking at, add some content uh, that maybe they haven't seen yet and direct them, enable them, navigate them to the finish line, that's going to differentiate you from, from everybody else, right? If you're coming in with your schmaltzy, you know, hey, I want to sell and, you know, the old vaudeville routine, that's not going to work because you're going to be seen as self-absorbed, narcissistic, self-focused, looking for a commission check, zero interest in the, what the customer is going through, and no credibility. So, you know, that's number two. The next thing to think about is, you know, in, when we talk about navigating, what does the prospect need to make this decision? right? Um, he's got, he or she, you know, let's say they, um, they have the content. You need to understand from a discovery perspective, how will they make this decision? What do they need? 
And you know from your experience what typically uh, moves the needle. You know the pieces of content that are going to sway the decision toward you. You know the stakeholders in the organization, in your organization, that you, you need to bring in. So, so you know what I mean? So is it a technical thing? Is it more of a, you know, we need a subject matter expert to come in? Do we need a thought leader to come in? Do we need a senior executive to come in? That's navigating, right? That's enabling the buyer. Um, next, getting them to think about who else they need to bring in, right? Do they need to bring anybody else in? Who's the budget holder? Who might hold this deal up, right? Who might have an issue? What are the different, and of all the people in this buying process, you know, what is important to each one of them? Uh, who's going to lead the charge? So many, so many questions, right? So you've got to be, you've just got to be curious. And it just, it just tells me in these early calls, these early meetings, you really have to be doing um, due diligence. You have to be a, a superb listener, a superb listener. Right, you you really have to absorb, you have to connect with people, and you have to understand, um, in 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 detail what their process is, and how you can get them to the finish line, and this will be a differentiator, because the buyers are going to go with the sellers, the salespeople, that know what they're doing, that can direct them in a professional way that will simplify their path toward making a decision. So you need to have the content, you need to have your own process, you need to have the people on your side, um, and you need to have that emotional and psychological uh, connection with the prospect. Um, The follow-up, right? That's also part of this. And the follow-up needs to be uh, tailored toward the situation, right? If this is a, a maniacal company situation where the, these guys are running roughshod all over the place, you're going to need to be more aggressive. You know, you're going to need to send potentially several follow-up emails uh, in conjunction with texts and phone calls uh, that are all very professional, just saying, uh, you know, that our next step was going to be this. Um, and let's, you know, discuss, uh, getting that back on the calendar, even sending a proactive, a proactive calendar invite. I've done that before, uh, because sometimes they can't even see their way through the emails, but they do see the calendar invite. So, so the follow-up needs to be important. The follow-up needs to lead them. The follow-up needs to contain the documents or the process or the next steps, um, that the buyer needs to, to follow. I'm even thinking now, which I haven't even thought about for myself, is to put together a buyer enablement roadmap, right? Uh, A little checklist to help the buyer make his decision, their decision, um, that maps to your own sales motion. So I'm going to think about that a little bit. You should think about it also, but a little, little, little kind of spreadsheet and make sure that we're working side by side. It's almost like, you know, and we've read this before, you become part of their team. You know, you become such an asset that you're part of their team now. Um, And when they talk about this process and this solution that they're thinking about, they're bringing you over to help navigate because you're the subject matter expert. You know, think about that. Are you an asset 
in the buyer decision journey or are you a royal pain in the ass, you know, um, who's just, you know, hawking them and just busting stones with no value? You know, think about this. Think about this. How do you make yourself an asset to the company? How do you add value? How do you get to the point of where, hey, you know, I'm going to help you through this decision process. Hopefully, you'll decide on my solution. But nonetheless, I'm going to give you my best practices for what most people in this space have done based on my understanding and my information um, and my experience. So, you know, a little food for thought. I want to, you know, come back to this. Uh, in a future episode. But I think the key thing to think about today is that, you know, the decisions that buyers are making, particularly in B2B, are complex. They're risky, right? Um, So, you know, so show them the risk of not making the right decision Um, and, and show them how you can help them. You will enable them right? You will build confidence in the customer themselves, right? So you have to have confidence in yourself. So if you're confident, I'm going to be confident as the buyer, right? If you care about me and you're connecting with me and you legitimately care about me on kind of an emotional level, on a psychological level, I'm more inclined to want to talk to you again. If you're only out for yourself, Buyers are going to see through it. And obviously, we're all in business for ourselves, but it has to be with a focus on the prospect, with a focus on helping, with the understanding that perhaps you may not make a sale. Um, And that's fine. You're not going to make every sale, and it's not always going to match up perfectly. So step back and think about this. Buyers want you to build confidence in them. How do you step back and when you go into your next meeting, how do you get the buyer confident in themselves? Do it. Peace.